Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Joe Tonti with Building Healthy Edmonton. Today, I have my friend here, Dr. Ken Alexander. He's a chiropractor. We actually graduated together, so we went through the whole four-year grueling process of chiropractic school together. Ken, how's it going? Yeah, man, things are good. Things are great. I, I'm in Victoria, and weather is pretty nice out here. Everything's been really beautiful. And we had like two days of snow and that was it for the whole winter. So I can't complain. Really? I'm a little jealous here. We just had a, last week was a nice cold snap. It was pretty mild all winter. And then last week or two, it was around like minus 25, minus 30 or so. Locked indoors. It was fantastic. But it's warming oh, up. That sounds week. terrible. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't feel bad about, uh, about the weather for you at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, watch it. So what, what got you into chiropractic in the first place? Why, why did you become a chiropractor? Uh, there was a couple of things actually. So when I was, I would say seven or eight, and there was, we have some out in the West called uh, the Peony, which is just like a, you know, once a year, it's like a circus roller coaster kind of like combination kind of mm -hmm. thing. And I got on this ride and it was too young to be on the ride. And at that point, like I'm, I'm bigger now, but back then I was too small and, but I was led on the ride anyways. And then I slipped through the like normal, was it called like seatbelt kind of thing that they had the bar that sets down on your lap. And I slipped through that and I went to where your feet should be on this ride. And this ride was a ride it's called the wild mouse and it would like it took very abrupt quick turns it wasn't a fast ride but the whole thing about it was quick quick turns and so i got on that and you know i i feel like i finished the rest of the day at the at the circus but after that i had migraines every day i was throwing up lots and like no one knew like my mom would take me to the doctor and the doctor would say just give me some medication use Tylenol there's Advil skin migraines it'll eventually settle down and that went on for like a few months and my mom was just she didn't know what to do I was just a young kid and so she started asking around she had never seen a chiropractor before at this point and someone suggested maybe go see the doctor or see a chiropractor and so from there I saw the chiropractor I saw them pretty regularly probably for like a month month and a half kind of thing no more headaches no more migraines no more throwing up I was like, I was good. I was good again. Um, and like, that was just something magical. I was like, nothing else could fix this. But then all of a sudden I found something that could fix this. And then I played football and while I was in high school and I was on the line and I, I had hurt my knee in one of my practices and my coach would be like, all right, you got to go see the chiropractor. And then you come back and then like see what he says kind of thing. And we'll base our opinion on how we go forward after the chiropractor. And that was just really cool. Like I saw the chiropractor and it was great, like a really good experience that I had with him. And it was good. And then, so at that point I already decided that like chiropractic, I mean, it was just such a cool thing. Like what a great way to help somebody. And they didn't, there was, it was exercises, it was adjustments. It was like this combination and these people just seem like gods in my eyes when I was there. <laughs> and so the decision was made and I was like, I, my trajectory when I was in high school was like, I'm going to become a chiropractor as 
soon as I graduate, I'm going to go straight to university. I'm going to get my kin degree. Gotcha. And so the year that we started chiropractic school, the summer that we started, I was hiking with a friend and I would went over the side of a cliff and I had fallen quite a distance. The, the newspaper report said 100 feet and then the doctor's report said 60 feet. So I'm, I'm saying somewhere in between, somewhere in between. <laughs> um, yeah. And so from there, I had broken several vertebrae in my back. I had broken four ribs, collapsed long, broken all my teeth out in the front. And they've all been right done. They all look pretty now. Right. But then I started seeing, like, obviously I couldn't be adjusted uh, first year. I, like, I, by the time we started school, I was pretty much moving around and I could walk and I could do stuff, but I was in constant pain wow. still from the recovery. Um, but then I started seeing the student clinic and there was some amazing clinicians. Dr. Angle was like one of the ones that I was like my favorite clinician to go see because that guy, his mind was just like, like God bless his soul and like rest in peace. But that guy was a genius when he was alive. And yeah, yeah. And like from the recovery and they like helped me with everything. I didn't like have to go anywhere else with that. I, saw, I did my rehab there. I, I got the soft tissue there. I got my adjustments there that I needed to like, cause I was forming compensation patterns to because of my pain holding and yeah, no, they just made such a difference. And so like solidified, this is where I need to be. Wow. And that all happened in your first, right before you got into school. Yeah. Yeah. That is crazy. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. And now you practice it. Yeah. I remember Dr. Engel, he was, he taught one of our, was it our third year or fourth year class? Diagnosis. Yeah. And diagnosis. I remember he had a couple of lectures and uh, he was pretty energetic and very opinionated, but you know, brilliant guy. Yeah. That guy, he, he made, he gave me so many like tidbits of practice that I just, I use to this day and like, yeah, he's a very, he was a very smart guy. Right. He must, he, how long was he in practice for? It must've been at least like 30 years. I would. I don't know. I feel like he was in his seventies while he was still teaching. Yeah. So he, he practicing for like 30 or 40 years. That's, that's crazy. So, so now you're practicing out in Victoria and uh, what, what are, what would you say are the primary people that you see? Is it the, are you getting all the cases like that you had where, you know, people are having these severe traumas or crazy migraines from, you know, you seem very accident prone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or what kind of stuff are you? Stupid. Sorry, say that again. What, what kind of what kind of people are, are you seeing? What kind of, what kind of things are you helping with? Yeah. So it, it changes over time. And I, like COVID has like hit in a way that, uh, I mean, as a chiropractor, I feel like this is the busiest time in the health field because one people are so isolated and mm. um, they're, they're very much more sedentary than they were in the past kind of thing. People are working from home. And they're not getting that walk to work anymore. They're not getting that lunchtime break kind of thing anymore. They're like pretty much just going all out from the moment they wake up to the moment they like close the computer at the end of the day. And so you see a lot of these weekend warrior type of injuries where 
they're like, all right, well now I can go because we got nice weather over here. Like people are going for hikes. People are like going for these big runs kind of thing. And they want to, they want to come, they want to do what they can do prior to pandemic, but they took so much time off in between that these injuries are popping up. So that's one of the things. And then there's just like the classic computer spending too much time in one certain posture for too long kind of thing builds up tension. And so you see a lot of like similar like crossover a lot with some of the patients with that. And so for age wise, like it's all over the map. Like I treat people that are as old as, I think my oldest patient on my client right now is probably like 89, 89. And then, but like in the past I've treated even older, my oldest patient that I've ever treated was 101. Wow. Um, and then, yeah. And then as early as I don't treat a lot of kids, I don't, uh, treat, that's just not my area of expertise, but sometimes patients have kids and they really want me to see them. And so I think the youngest that I've seen is four, but again, it's not an area that I like, I, I dive into. It's not my expertise. Right. So what would you say to, do you ever have people ask you, you know, are, is my kid too young to see a chiropractor or am I too old? Sometimes I'll have people and they, they get concerned that, you know, we have a 101 year old patient and they don't want you to, you know, twist them and jump on them. And they, they feel that you might do similar things that you might do with, you know, someone who's in their twenties. What, what would you kind of say to that? Yeah, I mean, so first to the, am I too young? I think, and there's a lot of different opinion about this. And so my opinion is not the entire thing. Some, some kids just don't need it. And we're too scared of like, just letting our kids just be kids kind of thing that we want to place all these barriers. And we want to like, make sure that we set them up for the most amount of success possible, that we don't let them be kids sometimes. Right. And so I think the body develops and we form these patterns and that sometimes, yeah, like too, there is too young, but there's some certain conditions then that still require like treatment at younger age. My daughter was born with torticollis and she could not rotate her neck to one side. And so with that, like it had to be stretched. It had to be moved. It had to be treated. So like that would that's like a different circumstance right every young kid should be going in as a checkup for uh Cairo. that's just my opinion i let the kid be a kid and if something pops up then bring that kid in there and let's see what's going on um too old like i mean and this is with uh too young as well as like uh i'm not going to be doing the same adjustment i'm doing on a 30 year old as uh as i do with a 101 year old i mean the force is different and things are different and but like there's different precautions we, that we got to think about. There's the, like the older patients, they, like, I know my, my the patient that was 101 had like really bad osteoporosis. She, she was, she was independent. So she was able to walk around and move kind of thing, but that doesn't mean she has like a very strong bone. So it wasn't necessarily that I'm doing big adjustments, it's mostly stretches and like, just lightly moving the bodies around and doing some passive and active range of motion stuff with her to get her to feel like she could move better. Right. And she, I'm assuming, uh, felt a lot better afterwards. 
hundred percent. Oh yeah. She felt amazing. Yeah. She didn't even realize that this was a thing. So no. Right. Uh, what was her opinion when she came in? What, what was her, did she have any concerns about anything? I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess her biggest thing was one, she hadn't done a lot of chiropractics before then she had done some manual work. She had massages in the past and, and massages weren't necessarily being like, they weren't, they weren't making a big difference for her. Like it would help temporarily, but then everything would get sore again kind of thing. So she, right. was, she was wanting to make her life more comfortable as she was nearing the end kind of thing. It was another, another way that she could do that. So her, her concerns at that point were like, am I going to get hurt? Am I going to like break a bone kind of thing? And all of those things, of course, like precautions are always taken. And I'm, I'm a pretty cautious person in general. So I go the simpler route first. And if we're not making a lot of impact in that way, then we start to go into more complex things. Okay. Yeah, that absolutely, that makes sense. You don't want to throw the whole kitchen sink at something first. If it just needs, you know, a minor, to, a minor tweak to something, you don't want to just do a bunch of things all at once. It could be a little bit too much sometimes. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Sometimes right. less is more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know sometimes people will say that, you know, if, if you don't hear any popping or cracking, then you didn't get the adjustment in or, you know, it didn't work, but I'm assuming with this, with this, patient you were just talking about you know 101 you probably don't want to hear any popping or snapping right (laughs) (laughs) actually believe it or not even with like gentle mobilizations there was still like uh like popping and it wasn't any like a lot of force it was just me like encouraging the joints to move a little bit and there was no like high velocity so it wasn't quick in any way it was very slow but yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't be doing any like very high velocity with this uh, particular client Right. Absolutely. It sounds like you. So one, one common theme that I hear over and over again is that they think chiropractors, they will, if you need to go to a chiropractor, if your bones are, you know, not moving or if they're out of place or if it's a very spinal thing, it sounds like you're talking about, uh, you don't just do adjustments or you don't just pop the joints. You, you do a lot of different things in your practice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the biggest thing that I like to go with my patients is like actively, how can you maintain like less pain with without me? Like, how do we do this without me? So you don't have to see me more often, but how can you take control of your own pain? And I try to stress that on the very first visit. And so there's that. So there's a, there's a rehab component in there as well, but there's also like like we'd go through different types of stretches that we do as well. And just ways to like make the joints move in greater ranges of motions without feeling so restricted in those ranges of motion. And sometimes that's not a joint that's doing everything, right? Like sometimes when you're moving around your shoulder, it's not always like the back that's causing it. Maybe you just got a spasm underneath your shoulder blade and sometimes just stretching that muscle out. And you just need to be pointed out about how do I get this stretch? How do I how do I lengthen this myself kind of thing? Or how can I lengthen it for you? And so you can feel like it's moving better. And now let's load that so you can teach yourself, how do I use this muscle, use this, sorry, use this area of my body, loading it and not wanting to seize up on me. Okay. So it sounds like you're saying you try to find what's, what's wrong with the person and then, you know, treat whatever that is accordingly, whether it be with 
adjustments or with some type of stretch or some type of exercise or changing how they're doing certain things at home or finding what's actually causing this injury and addressing that, right? Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, absolutely. that's great. Do, do you treat a lot of other extra extra spinal injuries, for example, you know, extremities, knees, feet, shoulders? Yeah, so my favorite adjustment to receive is a ankle adjustment. I feel like I walk on clouds for like the entire day and everything's just feeling nice. So yeah, I like ankle injuries. I treat a lot of hips. Hips, I'm big on hips. hips. I feel like too many people are tightening their hips and if we can have more mobile hips, it'll unload a lot of different tissues like the spine. So treat a lot of hips. Knees, yes, 100%. Wrists, I did a few wrist adjustments today in practice. So yeah, there's anywhere that has a joint, that's where I'm going for. Okay, which and you have joints in your whole body, so pretty much head to toe, right? <laughs> yeah, well, not so much the top of your head. I'm not doing anything up in your skull, but... <laughs> okay, it's neck down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What, what kind of hip injuries do you see is it mostly from like being sedentary like what's your go-to let's say you have a uh you know a someone in their 50s they are moderately active outside of work they sit a lot and they've been having this on again off again discomfort in their hips it usually goes away comes back goes away comes back and you know it's gradually getting worse it's not getting any better and now they're starting to limp a little bit i mean first uh, I may have misunderstood your question, but if I go on a tangent here, you you jump in and you stop me. No, you take it away. But first, like we do the assessment, we try to figure out what's going on with that hip. And if I can't recreate the symptoms or something like, like startles me or something's not really lining up with what I'm feeling, I, I'll usually send them for an x-ray. I don't take x-rays in clinic, but I'll usually send them for an x-ray to start with that and to just rule out any red flags and if it's like a pain when they're sitting and it's on the front of the hip and it's a lot of the hip flexors are getting pretty tight they'll start with some like i usually get them into like like a you know the couch stretch where like the foot's elevated and like you're kneeling down and you just open up the hip a little bit like and a hip so flexor we'll get stretch to, yeah So I'll get them to do 10 pulses of that hold for a few seconds and then get them to walk around and like move around again. Did that resolve any tension? And if it did, then we want to isolate the hip flexors, right? Obviously through the assessment as well, we're looking at the hip flexors and testing their length and from there. Is that kind of what you were getting on or? Uh, oh, it says my connection's unstable. So if you're losing me again, I apologize. Yeah, no problem. Are you still here? Yeah, that sounds right. So you're basically trying, you don't just jump in and just look at their back and, you know, the, if everything's coming from the spine, it sounds like you're actually having them move around. You're trying to reproduce the, what their problem is and then, uh, you know, determining what their problem is. And it could just be a, a muscle issue or a, a tension issue, or it could be uh, something else. And what's this? It sounds like you, you don't x-ray everyone. So, so do, do people need to get x-rayed to, to see their, their chiropractor? Or like, how do you know what's going on if you don't get an x-ray? Actually, so our college just came out with uh, a stance 
saying that x-rays should not be used as a as like a initial or a follow-up or like to track progress they they've told people practicing chiropractors in bc that that's not appropriate and that's radiation overload and so i've never x-rayed clients unless i see red flags unless i'm seeing things that aren't lining up unless there's something going on in the history or the physical exam or they're just simply not responding after a trial of care so if they're not responding after about four treatments so those are like the three criteria where we're like all right we got to dive a little bit deeper and see if anything's being missed that hasn't been picked up yet and so we know what to treat or we do we try we uh we isolate our treatment based on one, how are you moving in the office? If I get you to do a few simple movements, or you bend forward, you bend backwards, you do a squat, you do those movements, where's that compensation coming from? Sorry about that click there. Um, where are those compensations coming from? And then let's get my hands on you and see like, all right, is this, I feel this is stiff, is this tender or is this hurting you? And if anything reproduces those pains, then we know that it's coming from X, Y, or Z structure through the orthopedic test. Okay. And could you just, just for our listeners, what, what do you mean by red flags? What are red flags? So red flags are something that are markers for like a bigger underlying pathology. So if there's something there that makes me think there's a fever or there's an, if there's like a fever, the tissue's red hot and the patient is generally unwell, like we're thinking in type of infection, if they're losing weight drastically, or if they're just like waking up in the middle of the night for no reason. And there's like, those are not things on their own, but as a whole sequelae, those are things that make me want to think, all right, maybe there's cancer going on kind of thing, or maybe there's something else going on, something from their history that points out, hey, maybe there's something else going on here that it signifies a more serious pathology rather than a musculoskeletal, so something going on with the muscles or joints of the body that needs to be addressed. Okay. And then you would, how would you manage that person? So first we send them first we send them for x-rays to like get part of the puzzle, but it, I mean, an x-ray is only going to show them so much. So it's usually at that point, I'm usually not very comfortable like going further than rather just gentle stretches. So I'll just say, talk to your GP, have a conversation with them, let them know these similar things and maybe talk to them about getting a blood test or talk to them or see what their opinion is on getting a more imaging more than just an x-ray maybe an mri or something else kind of thing and see what their opinion is on this as well because it's, it's just my opinion in that and, and that's just my opinion more people are thinking the same thing or around the same line sorry that was my dog making a weird noise um <laughs> then 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 it's something that we that needs to be further addressed okay so you actually you, you're trying to get them like to their doctors and, uh, and trying to get them to the appropriate care. It sounds like. So do you work oh, with 100%. a lot of, yeah. Do, do you work with a lot of other doctors like medical doctors? So there's no doctors in our clinic that we work with. It's mostly just massage, acupuncture, physiotherapist, probably oh, acupuncture. So I'll send them to their doctors if there's anything going on and they'll have general check-ins with their doctor of what we're doing. And I'll send some, like, I'll talk to a doctor. I emailed one of one of the hospitals. Uh, we have 
today just to like help co-manage a patient better and how to like help better this patient kind of thing. So there is, there is communication with multiple doctors that I have. It's not necessarily that we work in clinic with other doctors though. Okay. But you are collaborating on care. You're trying to, you're, you're talking back and forth. You're making sure you, you know what, what they're doing. They know what you're doing. It sounds like you're working together, uh, maybe not under the same building, but definitely uh, for the benefit of uh, the patient, right? Yes. hundred percent. Yes. hundred percent. Okay. So, so it doesn't sound like with some people I know they'll, they'll say it's, you know, it's, I, I don't want to do medicine because, you know, whatever reason they may have had a bad experience. And then they, they may say that, you know, chiropractic, it's this uh, far out type of therapy or, you know, they're not. And then sometimes I know with me, when I recommend that they, some people see it, their medical doctor for, you know, whatever reason may be uh, occurring. I think they'd benefit from seeing their, their family doctor or, you know, they need to take a certain medication because uh, they have ridiculously high blood pressure and, you know, we want to bring it down, but they need medication right now to bring it down. Or, you know, they have some type of medical condition that needs medication. And there some people are, are just totally against for, you know, other reasons. So, uh, it's great to hear that you're, you're collaborating with together. That's great. So where can uh, people, if they want to find you or follow you or see what you're doing, what's the best way to uh, get a hold of you? Man, that's a good question. So I, I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. Please don't. I mean, you could look at it, but it's quite minimal. I'm not big on social media. And so I like Probably when I first started my practice, I was a little bit into it, but now that practice is busy, like practice is busy and kids like outside of work, kid life is uh, having some children makes my life wonderful and full, but also very busy. But you could always find me on uh, Facebook or Instagram. If you have questions, like you're always welcome to send me a message and I'm always happy if I can help, I can definitely, uh, or at least point you in the right direction. That's great. Is there anything else that uh, you want to add? Anything that I missed that you want to talk about or say? No, I mean, the biggest thing that I tell all of my patients is motion is lotion. So move that body. <laughs> That's great. Well, thanks a lot, Ken, for your time. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Great. So I'm just going to